0: What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today's episode was fire. Today's episode honestly blew me away. I'm just going to be completely honest. It's not what I expected. In fact, when Dr. Zano first reached out to me and we first started connecting, um, I judged the book by its cover. I'll be the first one to admit it. I saw Dr. Zano, I, I Googled him. He was a chiropractic um, practitioner. I thought we were going to talk anatomy. I thought we were going to talk science. I thought we were going to talk our body. Um, and then I started digging into his content, and I was blown away um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, he is out there. He's revolutionary. He is doing things that I think more and more people need to be doing to speak to entrepreneurs, to speak to businessmen, to speak to business women, to speak to people who want to see success, but they're getting held back by self-doubt fear, anxiety, trying to quote-unquote balance their life, all these different roadblocks and hurdles and things that step into our life. Um, And these people who are suffering through this, myself, I I was one of them, so I get it. We have a hard time finding course corrections and understanding that everything is a choice. Everything is up to us. We decide our path. And if that path changes due to uncertain or unaware circumstances, circumstances that we are not ready or prepared for, we need to keep moving, no matter what. Doctor Zeno is a perfect example of that. He has been through hell and back with his health, with his college, with his business, with his family, with everything, and he has become massively successful, hyper productive, um, and he's a he's a light. He's a hero for a lot of people who need to see that light, who need to have a better path to follow. Um, it was a pleasure having him on the podcast. This, as you guys know, is right down my alley. I love talking about resistance, breaking through um, our plateaus, becoming more self-aware, becoming more successful, having a morning ritual, mindset, all the little things that go into my entrepreneur day-to-day life that help me balance the whole thing, help me be successful, and I love sharing the things I go through, um, the experiences I've had with other coaches, mentors, programs, books, whatever it may be, and everything Dr. Zano talks about is right up my alley, and I see eye-to-eye with him uh, on. So I'm really, really excited for him to be on the show. I'm really, really excited for you guys to learn from him, and I think you guys are going to seriously enjoy this because I know my audience, and I know that this guy is the perfect person to have on my podcast. So as you guys can tell, I'm fired up because this is the topics that I like to cover. Um, So Dr. Zano, if you're listening to this, which I know you are, I appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to connecting further. Guys, before we move any further, I just want to make one quick reminder. Guys, the best way to share the show, and I know I've been saying this a lot, but it is helping and it is getting the message out there, and this is a great episode to do so on because this podcast is going to touch on so many things that people struggle with and hurdles that people need to overcome. He is breaking down the solutions with me on this show, so the best way for us to help more people together is for you to take a screenshot of this show right now and post it on your Instagram, post it on your Facebook, post it on your Snapchat, send it to a friend, right if you post it on social media tag me i want to talk to you i want to hear what you like i want to have a conversation about this show and see what it's doing to help you because that's the point of social media guys so if you listen to the show if you like this show if this show is helping you in any way shape or form please take a screenshot right now please tag me and if you haven't already please leave us a five-star rating and review now without any further ado let's get on to the excellent podcast with the one and only dr zaino Let's start with your story. I want to go way back because you have a really interesting story of where you actually started. So why don't you kind of give the listeners some background? Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, you
1: will do it now? Cool. Yeah. Cool. Get right into it. (laughs) Right. Awesome. Um, I think the best uh, place to start is probably 1998. So in 1998, I just won the Mr. America. So I had that awesome title. I was 21 years old. So I have the Mr. America title. I have my degree in exercise physiology from UCF. And then living in Orlando, Florida, which was really cool, is you got Disney and everything around there. But then you have Universal Studios uh, and the Orlando Magic. So I was a trainer for some of the Orlando Magic privately. And then in Universal Universal Studios, those shows Xena and Hercules, you know, Xena, Warrior, Princess and Hercules, they filmed most of their stuff in New Zealand. But a lot of the B-roll and other stuff they did, close-ups, they did in Universal Studios Florida. And that was the first time where the actors had to have that, like, 300 look. Right. Remember the 300 workouts? Before then, there was Xena, right? So they had to have that, like, gladiator look. So I was a trainer for, those, uh, for the set for the actors there as well. So awesome job. Uh, Internet's coming out. Started writing for bodybuilding.com. That mega thing, right? That, that became a huge yeah. You know, massive site. So, you know, internet's growing. So it was really it was awesome, man. I was like, this this is it. If I could just keep this going. And then at 26, and my my wife Whitney, and six months into our marriage, kind of just all of a sudden I just started getting a stomach bug. I didn't think it was a big deal. Everything just kind of went away. Uh up to that point in my life, and it didn't. So I'm going to the bathroom 10, 15 times a day. You always feel you gotta go. Then I'm starting to bleed, and I start seeing blood in the toilet. Now I'm getting a little nervous. Bleed a lot, not tell my wife, not tell anybody. And then I go on Google, like a lot of people do. They start searching, you know, blood and stool. The first thing that comes up is is cancer. And up until that point in my life, I was raised to believe that health was purely on more of a genetic scale, meaning that if it's in the genes, it's in the genes. Like very little teaching on epigenetics that we control. You know, we have a lot of control of our external factors. So I was like my dad died when I was twenty one of cancer. My grandfather had cancer. I never met him, so I was like, but not at twenty six so just kind of didn 't shut that thing off. just went on my way and got worse and worse and worse. Then I started um, being boxed in. My life was imprisoned by this experience i 'm having and uh, then the day my wife found out was now I was getting bad now I was you know keeping clothes in the back of my car because I just felt like man i 'm just I always have to go to the bathroom then I used to go to a, any, any place I went to. I would either not eat, or I would go and see what the bathroom was. And I went to a TJ Maxx one day. It was on a Sunday. Went to the back. Bathrooms were under construction. And the guy's like, just go next door to Sports Authority. So as I'm walking my way out there, I just got nervous, you know, like, what's going to happen? Because, you know, your fear. And I just lost my battles in public. And that was the first of many, but this was the first time. And it was rough. It was so bad because a lot of things happen in those seconds. Number one, you know, losing your bowels. No, I, I'm pretty much sure those 40 people never saw, saw that in their life, but it wasn't like you could hide it. It's like when it's blood and mucus, like people see it, they're horrified yet empathetic. And it was just in that moment. I real like, you know, we deal with shit, but it's like, like that moment I was like, it's as bad as it's going to get. Like, that's the moment when you just say, okay, it just can't get worse than this. So everything, like my my entire identity, Mr. America, everything. I mean, it was totally stripped away. And I ran out of the loading dock, called my wife, went to the hospital. I was diagnosed with an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis, where my immune system attacks your colon, eats it away. They put me on tons of drugs like prednisone and stress hormone drugs, and then Xanax and Valium to go to sleep. Then I got addicted to that. I just get worse and worse and worse. when we went to Dallas, Texas. I was put on a low-dose chemotherapy, interferon shots for the medically induced hepatitis that I was getting from the drugs, um, organ injection medication. So an organ injection medication, God forbid any of you have to have an organ transplant. You take a medication that shuts your immune system down at the DNA level so we can't fight it. I mean, it will eventually, but you get five or 10 years. So I'm on three of those. I'm a bubble boy, basically. I can't be anywhere uh, around germs. And um, they're like, that's it. And then I went from 230 pounds all the way down to 158 pounds in three and a half months, about four months. Wow, and Cody, everything, everything was taken away from me. Like, I, you know, I mean, I don't want to talk about the workout thing, but. If you understand like my entire identity, like I started working out at thirteen. I'm twenty six. Like, do you understand? Like my built, my titles, the way I look, like all through high school, I was the AC Slater kid. You know what I mean? Like like it was such an identity of me. It wasn't just like I was a to worked out. It was like that's who people knew me for, stripped. Can't take care of my wife, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of medical debt. Um, the only option now they said is we got to take out your colon. So we'll rip out your colon. You have a hole out of the right side of your abdomen. It's going to have a colostomy bag. It'll break, it'll leak, it'll get infected. You'll be on $6,000 for the drugs for the rest of your life. You're sterile. So I couldn't have kids. Um, we don't know if you'll get to the surgery. You have an 80% chance of cancer. It just sucked. And uh, they sent me up for surgery in a week and a half. And then I flew home to see my mom. And I have a mom who she lost her husband. My dad died. She lost two sons already. One died from a heroin overdose and one died uh, that she found and one died from a freak accident. So this is son number three. I mean, this is what my mom's going through. And so like any mom, she writes out that prayer email and people are praying for the surgery. But then uh, my anatomy teacher from high school says, listen, I want to see Chris when he comes home. You know, when I tell my story, just like you understand, like for those of you that are listening, you might be like, well, I never had a health thing. When I tell my story, I'm gonna kind of sidetrack somewhat and just explain to you the the life lessons that we all could apply from this. And the first one is here. Like when you're going through a tough time, I don't care if it's your relationships, if it's your marriage, if it's your job, if it's your health. Like, always, no matter how bad it is, always keep your eyes and ears open for the book you're reading, the line in a movie, the line of a song, something. Cause you just never know when you read or hear someone and you might've, you might've heard it before, but it just in the moment where you're at that point where it was just enough to change your perspective, to change your life. So I fly home, there's my anatomy teacher. I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? It's like, listen, I need you to go see my doctor. He's a corrector care chiropractor. It's going to change your life. So, so let's go. And I looked at him. I'm like, oh, dude, like, almost insulted, because my, my perception of chiropractic was somebody stretched out my hamstrings or taped my ankle up. I'm like, I, almost insulted. I'm like, listen, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for caring about me. But, um, you know, I tried it all. I, and I did. I was like, if you told me to take 12 drugs a day, I took 12 drugs a day. Like, I did whatever they told me to do, so I've tried everything. And then he came back with, the, with this. He's like, listen. He goes, well, you didn't try everything. He goes, because if you tried everything, you would have had your health and he it was like awake he like woke me up because what we never realize is when we're going through a rough time becoming a victim and losing hope is so subtle it's it's a disease of the soul of in itself because you don't realize you're there so i had believed i tried everything like i justified it i could argue about that i did it all i tried. so I didn't realize I had slowly moved myself into a victim hopeless road and then just took some dude to say, Hey, no, well, I mean, you didn't try everything or you would have had your health? Very simple and enough to wake me up and say, okay, so I want to see this, uh, his chiropractor and he taught me how the body created heal function operate. Everybody watching or listening knows this. Your brain controls everything. Yes. Yes, we get it. And then he showed me a blind spot. So that's the thing. Like a lot of times if we're not reaching our goals, there could be a blind spot. You know, when you're in the bottle. You know, like when you're in the bottle, you can't read the label, right? So, in my spine, even though I was shredded on stage, I had a lot of damage in my lower spine, pushing, putting pressure on those nerves, and a lot of damage in my right underneath my skull, putting pressure on my brainstem. It goes, all those centers go to your immune system, and so I saw a blind spot I didn't know I had. But still, I'm scared, right? I'm like, well, because I'm like, okay, well, this is just another false hope, because all I've been told by every doctor, once we do this drug or that drug or this thing, like you know, they were just, they meant well, but. So far, like nothing's working, and then I asked him this question: I go, "Okay, so when am I going to get better?" Because if you're listening right now, you're going through a tough time in any of those areas. You only want one thing: when is it going to end? Or when am I going to get better? Or when I'm going to have a breakthrough? When I'm going to start making the money? When's this going to happen? And the way he answered it again was like a s- smack to the head. He goes, "Because listen, he goes, as long as you have that blind spot there, that damage there, that's interfering with your body's ability to." Heal and be in its natural state of well-being. You go, and then watch this. So no matter how of a victim, and listen, I'm like drained. I'm 150 pounds. I'm, I'm bleeding out of my asshole. It's like no matter how bad my situation was, this, this doctor, he really he, – because William Williamson had a, has a quote that says, there's no enlightenment in shrinking to the insecurity of others, meaning he didn't come down to my level and cry with me. He stood at his level, he's like, listen, he goes, until you, and he's pointing at me very aggressively, like until you take care of your problem that you have that's affecting your life and your future, then when you take care of that, then your body will be able to be in the environment it's always has been in, which is well-being, then your body will be able to heal itself. He's like, but the day, like I asked him, when am I going to get, he goes, but the day and the hour that you're asking me, he's like, that's not up to me, because that's up to you. He goes, but I will tell you, you will get well if you don't quit on yourself, no matter how long it takes. And I sit there and go, that was the most honest answer anybody ever gave me. Because everybody's like, well, when this happens, and that happens, but he literally didn't let me become a victim. He threw it all back on me. I says, listen, this is your deal. And until you correct your problem, like, because you know what I was looking for, Code? I was a Code. I was, looking for a, I was looking for a savior. And a lot of times when we're in a rough spot, we're looking for the savior. Help me you know, I remember when I learned how to swim and like, I would try to like, um, when I was younger, I'd try to hold on to the edges. And I remember the teachers kicking my, my feet, my hands because yeah. I was like, but you know what? They were teaching me how to swim. And I was looking for the savior to, to take the responsibility away from me to, to, you know, save me. But I realized the only person that was able to save anybody was us ourselves. And he was right. So, um, I wish I could tell you guys, you know, in a week later, all the blood had stopped and I was magically healed and, uh, but it wasn't, it was a process for sure. And what was tough is when you're bleeding and you see, you know, bright blood, uh, you know, when you are fixing your problem. So let's say you guys are in a situation financially, relationship wise, business or health, and you're like, I'm making the change. I'm changing the variables. I'm changing the equation. Even though you start changing the equation and start turning things around you may still see the manifestation of what took you years to build. So every day I'm seeing blood and it's frustrating. You're seeing what you don't want to see, but yet you're doing the thing to correct it. And then all you need is that first day of momentum, that first day where, wow, the blood wasn't that bad, or I'm off or I'm off half the meds. And then five months I was off all the meds. And then when you have momentum, then you know that you know that you're moving in the right direction. And seven months – my body healed itself from an incurable terminal disease called ulcerative colitis, and that was 15 and a half years ago.
0: Man, that was, you know, and I've listened to your story a couple of times, but you said it so well, man, that is insane. So this obviously led you into the chiropractic field. Yeah. So um, did the first question, did this actually stop you from having that original surgery that you had planned on having? And then two, can you talk about how this got you, like you obviously made a big career jump and went all in on this chiropractic because it saved you. Can you explain a little bit of that? 100% man,
1: yeah. No drugs, no surgery, no, need, didn't need any of that. And that's another thing. So if you're listening to something, you know, you gotta, you gotta embrace the unknown sometimes. Like the unknown was I had, I don't even call it a disease. I had a, a health experience in my life. So I had this experience that created, a, it gave me, a, like Cody, it gave me, a, it gave me contrast in my life. So I could tell you for me, when I lost my health, I know what I didn't want. I didn't wanna be sick. So if you guys are going through a bad time, you know what you don't want, but you know what also let me know? It clarified what I did want more than anybody else. So at 26, I wanted health more than any other 26 year old at that time, right? Because I, I, I didn't want this, so it let me say what I didn't want. So that experience of contrast caused that. So that was a huge unknown. And sometimes the unknowns and the micro suck. You guys might have went through a shitty relationship. You might went through a horrible job, whatever experience you went through. But I understand, like, in the micro, it sucks, but you don't know where that's leading you to. So I never would have been a chiropractor. That was never on my radar at all, period. But through the experience, the unknown, I'm like, wow, this is great. Like, it helped me. So I went back to school, borrowed all that money to go back to school, and became a chiropractor because it was just like, I mean, it was just—you know what I mean? Like it connected. It was like I, I could help people with this. It gave me that that fulfillment. It gave me this this new spark in my life. And uh, so I went back to school. 2005, uh, we opened up our clinic, and we became the largest clinic in the history of the profession. I mean, that was uh, crazy. So I we peaked at 2,800 uh, patients a week. Uh, yeah, and the average office sees 100. So, and I could go into it. like we 28x our uh, our results. Really, like what I call the hero's secret sauce, so to speak. Um, I, I'll tell you guys exactly wherever you are in your business or what you want to do, we could have that, those type of results. And it's it's not it's not uh, it's it's not luck whatsoever, but it is finding something that. Uh, makes you feel like you're breathing oxygen. You know what I mean? It's like I, I found something that that I didn't feel like I was suffocating anymore. And here's also the thing I want to tell you guys, because you might find that job or that profession for seven, ten years, and then it may lead you to something else. And, that, and that's where we could go with the evolution of that. But, yeah, so we, we did amazing. But let me tell you guys, like today, 15 and a half years later, 16 years, years later, to be able to take care of my wife, I have two beautiful, healthy sons that I never would have had. Um, financial security, made an impact in hundreds of thousands of people's lives, speak all over the world, wrote books, you know, Lamborghini in the garage. I mean, like, I checked off all the boxes. But what scares me about when I tell my story is, and I want to apply this to everybody listening, if you're wondering, is this the time to make the step? Is this the time to make the leap? Is this the time to find my heart? What if I, what if my anatomy teacher never emailed my mom? I would have had a surgery right so let's play this out so part of the hero's secret sauce is that you have the ability to future pace so i would have had the surgery they would have took out my colon i would have been on six thousand dollars worth of drugs for the rest of my life i never ever would have got underneath out of underneath the medical debt uh, that i would have had i never would have had a real job um i wonder how long my wife could have took me being depressed and moody without divorcing me and she probably could have lasted a couple years Uh, would have been divorced, never would have met my kids, never would have met Cody, would have never met you guys that I'm talking to right now. Uh, If I was alive, I probably would have died because I would have been on immunosuppressive medication anyway. Um, But let's say I did make it. My Instagram handle probably would have had like a colitis survivor. Like I, I literally would have embodied my disease. My disease would have been my badge of honor or any level of significance. And here's the scary part. Everything that I'm living today, literally the dream life, like, I never could have expected it to have been so amazing. It never would have happened. And here's the scary part, I never would have known the difference. Like, I wouldn't even be able to sit there and mourn what I could have had. It's like, it's like this parallel universe happened. And the life I'm living today would have vanished. And I wouldn't have known any different. And that freaks me out. It created a superpower in me, which is when I see people, or Cody, when I look at you and look what you're doing, it's like, I see you, but then I see your potential and I see the gap and I'm more in the gap for you. It's like, cause I know what people could be, but see, I don't Cody. When I see you, or if I, if I was to meet anybody on the slide, I'm like, I don't see your scars. You know, I don't see the bullshit story you tell yourself. I don't see any of that. All I see is you for the ultimate hero consciousness you were created to be. And I appreciate that. So I speak to that. I don't speak to the limited beliefs that we all hold in ourselves. And I think I had to go through that experience and feel the fear going, oh, my God, I was that close for making a decision and everything, my son, everything, like Infinity Wars, would have just vanished. And I wouldn't have known any difference. So how many of you listening, you may be about to make a decision to not move forward. And because you're not moving forward and following your heart, even though it might be tough, you may be allowing this beautiful life that you were supposed to have completely vanish
0: and the scary part is you never would have known any different. It's insane man and I think to be able to have that perspective to be able to have everything that you had today that you do have today and that you're growing you had to take control right and I think what he said to you that day realized like made you realize that you actually could take control of your life but what advice do you have for people who don't have that person disease or that person or they're waiting. Right. I don't want people (laughs) to think like, Oh, I got to wait for some crazy shit to happen. Right. Because the truth is, is everybody does need to take control. And that's how you create your potential. And a lot of people, like you said, and I want to dig into this too, is the self-limiting beliefs are really what get in the way of people's potential. So how do, how do people begin to take control? Um, This is, this is a, a phrase I want everybody to write down.
1: And if you take this phrase to heart, it'll prevent you. Because here's the thing, Cody's absolutely right. If you don't take control now, life will bring you to a situation where it's going to get so shitty that you're going to have to, right, or not, or die, basically. So this is my, people say, what's your favorite quote? And it's never, it's never really popular with people. My favorite quote is this, and say it to yourself next time, no one's coming to save me that's my quote. And I wish I made it up. I didn't. It was a, uh, an amazing, if you guys ever wrote the book or read the book Atlas Shrugged, it was, it was written by Ann Rand. And Ann Rand, she had a, um, an assistant called Nathaniel Brandon, who was an amazing uh, psychologist, you know, worked with people. And people would show up to him. And he says, the biggest thing people showed up with is they believe this belief system. They believe this bullshit story. And they would come to him looking for that savior, right? They wanted to say, well, if I say how bad my story is, he might say, oh, you're right. Um, You do have a good reason to feel the way you do. And he knew that's what people were looking for. So he used to tell people this, no one's coming to save you. And they're like, well, I'm here. And he's like, yeah, and I'm here to tell you no one's coming to save you. Because he goes, when you realize no one's coming to save you, it automatically almost puts you in that self resolve like i have to totally dig deep and find my way out of this there's no exit strategy i can't i can't like a little kid hold on to the sides of the pool it's all about me so when you could really when you're going through a tough time saying no one's coming to save me it's a phrase about resolve um self-responsibility, a hundred percent action, uh, taking all the chips and betting on yourself. If you guys could grasp that without an experience, it'll, it'll save you a lot of time, money and, um, heartache for sure.
0: I love that quote, dude. It's so true. So what, What can you give advice for people with resistance? Because exactly what you just said, let's say they get through that step. They decide they do need to take control. They realize that nobody's going to help them through this. It is on them. Then resistance settles in, right? And I think a lot of people listen to people like you who post a lot, who talk a lot, and who you're very certain, you're very confident, you're very successful. You show that you know how to walk the walk, talk the talk, right? But people assume you don't fight resistance. And I would say, knowing a lot of people like you and at your level, you probably do fight resistance, new levels, new devils, right? You're always going to fight resistance, the, the little person on your shoulder telling you not to do it, giving you excuses. Um, so I think it's comforting f- for people to realize that you're human too. But then what do you use to make sure that you're constantly breaking through that? Right. So I had a big fear of uncertainty. You know, my big fear was the
1: uncertainty. Uh, let's call it Risk the unknowns, right? So, cause it's nice being certain. Um, I used to say I was a perfectionist, right? Cause what is perfectionism? I got to get it all right or certain before I make the next step. And the thing is, we were trained and educated to be that way, right? We went to kindergarten, then we knew it's first grade, second grade, third grade. So our whole lives, we had were given certainty. We knew the next year what's going to happen. And then after high school, it's like a lot of us just wanted to go to college for certainty. Not that we even knew what we wanted to do. And then after college, you got to get some type of career. Okay, got a job, check. And then a lot of times, between 27 and 30, people get married to that – person of the opposite sex, it happens to just be in front of them. That might not be the right person, but it's what? The next step to do. And then we got to start a family. So we're checking off these boxes because it's certainty. Okay, like this is what I'm supposed to do. And so because of that, we don't want to do it. People say, don't take the risk. You know, you are getting your benefits, stay comfortable. But it is totally counterintuitive to any heroic life whatsoever. Because if you realize Looking back, see, and I'll prove this to you. If you look back from where you're sitting right now, the unknowns are where everything happens. So if I look back, just even in my story, look at the unknowns here. So, uh, you know, Mr. America, you know, and I was like, hey, this is great. I'll do this all my life. Great. Me and my wife. Awesome. Boom. Get this uh, health experience that I go through. Boom. Big unknown. That unknown brought me to you know, finding a chiropractor, you know, who had an office in his home, right? Big deal, yeah, right, so that helped me. That unknown brought me to getting my health back. That unknown brought me back, I'm gonna go back to school. And then I went to school, and you didn't realize, I didn't get to buy my school to school I went to, lost their accreditation, so I lost 40 grand there. Had to go to Dallas, Texas, for another school, and start from scratch. And then I got my degree, and I was, cause I never went to, to Texas, Are you kidding me? Like, I'm from New York, and like New Yorkers go to Florida, so there's no way I'm going to Texas, so I end up in Dallas. Then I go to Houston, and that's where we opened up our office and became the largest clinic in the history of the profession. So looking back, do you see all the unknowns? I couldn't have planned that. So I realized, well, wait a second, looking back, we might plan, but the unknowns. see, in the, so listen to this, guys, in the unknowns, if you embrace the uncertainty, if you go after the unknowns, in the unknown is where the next step is. It's where that relationship is. It's where the, the opportunity is. It's where the genius is. It's where the creativeness is. It's where the idea is. People might say, in the unknown is where God is, right? I'm getting led in this direction. In the unknown is where life is created and that's exactly where life happens. And so if you could just listen to what I'm saying and look back and say, you know what, he's right. Like just Cody and I could sit here and say the, how did we get on this interview together? And we could say little unknowns. There was the DM, we reached out like all unknowns, like he got a DM for me or whatever. And it was just like, he wasn't expecting that. So do you understand all these unknowns? There was no certainty there. And we're now, and look, it created something where we're coming together and we're creating value. That's going to help thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people from hearing something. And I might be saying something that you woke up today and it might have been like, this is exactly what I needed to hear in this moment, even though we might have recorded this at a different time. Or you might be hearing this replay three years from we recorded, and it happened to be the exact thing you needed to hear. So when I tell you that you think you plan, we could have goals. That's good. We could plan, but understand the unknowns is the magic carpet ride that totally, it, it, like, Cody, you know, the best way I can say it, I, I, the unknown is like the nutrients of life, like in the unknown, uh, creates the recipes and all these nutrients to create new desires of life or to actually have uh, that relationship and that relationship, Hey, let me introduce you to so-and-so and that becomes a new job opportunity. So all this stuff would have never happened if I played it safe, if I shrunk, if I just made sure I was certain, if I stayed comfortable. So when you realize I, I, I've known that for so long now, Cody, that I realize like, Are you kidding me? Like, if there's an unknown, even as uncomfortable as it might feel, I go for it because I know every time I go to that seminar, every time I go to that meeting or that dinner, like my Uber driver, like what an amazing Uber driver I had the other day. It's like, there's unknowns that are right in front of us that's guiding us our entire life. So I I would definitely say like, when you're feeling the resistance, understand the resistance, I go at it. Because in the resistance is the unknown and something's going to unravel something's gonna like unfold and that eh, that's gonna give you the next step so we're holding back waiting for the next step not realizing the next step is, is in the unknown and all we have to know in life is the next step you don't have to know the end I just need to know what I want in my life and why but the next step that's 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 the only thing I need. what's the next step and hang out there what's the next step boom and allow life to take us through that journey.
0: I love it, man. I think people need to understand that. I mean, first and foremost, you're the epitome of never give up no matter what. I mean, holy shit, dude, you've been through the ringer in so many different realms and you just keep pushing forward. And that goes to token to say, like, you have to have an open mind, you have to push into resistance. And we all face that resistance. Um, one thing I notice with very highly productive and successful people is number one, everything you just say said is in line, but a lot of them have a specific daily or morning ritual routine. Yeah that keeps them on their path, constantly moving forward. Do you have a morning routine? And if you do, can you share what it is and what of course, like, the parts of, course of it, it are? Right here. Of course, got it right here. Love it. Yeah, of course.
1: 100%. Um, so, so I wake up, and this is 100% transparent, and I'll tell you why, so I wake up in the morning, so I wake up at four in the morning, and uh, I'm dieting down now for like some photo shoots and stuff, so I do cardio, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So let's say I throw cardio in there, so I, I do my cardio, get that out of the way. And when I do cardio, I listen to podcasts or I listen to stuff that's going to help me. And what I want you guys to understand, if you're listening to this right now and Cody, Cody, you probably know this, there was a Chicago um, neuroscience symposium a couple years back that showed that movement of joints, especially that in the spine is a a essential nutrient to the brain. So the movement of the spine and the joints is like a, a generator to fire up the brain. That's why you see handicapped people, no offense to handicapped people, but notice like when they're not using half their body, they're what? They're slower, aren't they? Let's admit it. They drive slow because every movement, all the joints, when they move, they fire the brain. So it's like, it's like the generator. It's like a windmill to the brain. So knowing that when I used to study for my boards in school, when I'm active, instead of listening to Lincoln Park, which I would rather listen to Lincoln Park when I'm training, but if I could listen to a podcast or you guys could put in Cody's podcast and listen to that, in conjunction with movement, your brain will retain much, much more. And at the same time, create the creative pathways to make the advice that you're hearing happen. So I always multitask. So boom, whether it's a video on YouTube, which is so easy now when I'm doing cardio. So as I'm moving, I'm movement plus personal development, movement plus education or knowledge that helps it sink in. So I do that cardio. Then after that, I do detoxification protocols. I had two really good friends of mine. I get diagnosed with cancer, one skin cell cancer, one uh, brain tumors, and they went out of the country and they beat it. So I went out of the country and beat it. They come back three weeks later and beat this stuff. I'm like, what did you do? Cause I don't want to wait till it like they clearly did natural protocols. To heal their body so they didn't do these protocols to kill cancer they did protocols to put the body in a healing state to destroy whatever shouldn't be there so they said well you know we uh you know we did ozone therapy great so i bought an ozone generator uh they said we did uh exercise with oxygen so sometimes i have an oxygen on my face when i do exercise you know in my cardio room down here because i'm getting more oxygen then they did uh, they did coffee enemas so the whole thing with the coffee enemas they would do coffee up, up the butt and the whole deal with that is the liver is your filter for your blood right it's three-fourths of the right side of your body and if that liver is congested it's not going to detoxify and when you're beating a disease like they were beating cancer you want to keep that liver clear very think about your liver like the, the air filter when it's clogged well you want it so caffeine helps dilate that uh, bile duct and you help dump out toxins great you feel amazing and on top of that we got all these envi- the thing you got all these environmental crap out there with what they did with food today and the environmental toxins so our job is not to avoid everything and be like a bubble person but it definitely is help detoxify the body so i do those when i'm doing that that's when i do my reading so i'm reading uh this just happens to be the book today i'm reading uh, uh Esther hicks right now she's good i get different books so i read a book and when i read a book I read a book, I'm not into reading 70 books a year. When someone says, I read 70 books a year, I'm like, how much of that, how deep are you going really on that? Because I know this, like, here we go. Like, if I, uh, I got all books everywhere. Like, here we go. Oh, this is, this is a perfect example, right? So can you see this book? How, like, beat the hell it is? <laughs> yeah. There's no cover. This is Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Understand this. If this was the only book I was given, and this is the only book I read, and if I read this book 15 times a year and actually went a mile deep on every concept, it would be the only thing I would need to do for success, right? So a lot of times we get hooked into reading 70 books a year, but I would rather read, I take my time and like I read a couple pages, if I get something, I apply it, and I apply it until I'm doing it. Versus just breezing over and I'll get back to it. So I want to make sure that I apply because, you know, it took him his entire life. If you know the story of Napoleon Hill, it took him like 40 years and all these interviews working for Dale Carnegie to make this little book. And it's changed millions of lives. So it's like, who am I to read over his 50 years of research in a a week and be like, uh, um, yeah, it didn't work for me. No, it's like, right. So I, I make sure when I do read something. I absorb it. If it applies to my life or it makes sense to me, I stay there until I get that thing done or entered into my life in a habitual way. So I do my reading. Um, After that, you know, do all the shout. Oh, then after that, yeah. Then after that, I meditate. So if I do cardio, I'll meditate for 24 minutes. And if I don't, I meditate for 45 minutes. I do either guided meditation. And that's really good because I want to clear the mind and I want to really connect to source, which is me. You know, I want to make sure I have an open channel connection for the good ideas and everything I got before the day starts. Because when the day starts, you know, too many things are going on. After I meditate, shower, eat, my first meal is, um, you know, you know, a card of egg whites and toast, you know, gluten-free toast. And then I start the day. But this is what's really important. After I eat breakfast, I have a hero journal. I actually made uh, my own hero journal because – I think it's very important that you keep your vision in front of you. So I write down every morning, I write down my vision. Not my goals, there's a difference. My vision is the vision I see for my life. Like without judgment, very important, guys. When you write, when you write out your visions, don't judge them. Because Chris Zaino that's talking to you right now, I'm still a combination of a lot of bad habits of my old self. Let's face it, right? So when you write a vision, your vision is what? Of a bigger, evolved, expanded version of you. But when we write these visions, we're still a, a smaller, quote unquote, version of ourselves, right? So when you write that vision, think like a kid, write that vision. But when you write it, don't start justifying why you can't. I'd like to make $20 million. Yeah, but I only have a job that pays me 5000 a month. Like, I mean, you see how we start to justify? No, write the vision out. Don't judge it. And because a lot of people, they, were, they write their goals and vision like January 1st, and they don't check it. But see, through life, things change, right? So I write my vision every morning, and very important with the vision, I write what I want, but then I write why. And here's the difference. Here's why you want to do this. I want $100 million. So we can write that down. Everybody's like, yeah, I want that too. But then watch this. When I put why I wanted it, I realized that I didn't need the $100 million, For instance, what's $100 million gonna give me? You know what it gives gives me? It allows me to have greater potential. Like Cody, you and I, we could take a private jet right now. We could go, we could have went to the World Cup set on the field, right? If we had enough money, right? So greater potential, greater experiences, um, greater contribution, greater collaboration, right? So I realize, like, I don't need $100 million for that, you know? So, so you realize, like, when you put what you want, because we think we want something, but you really understand the why behind it, you'll realize that most of it you have right now. And that's – so what it does, it gives you a satisfaction, but it keeps you eager. Like, yes, I still would like to make more money, but you know what? I appreciate, you know, how things are going. I'm going the right direction. Uh, then I write down my intentions for the day. Not my targets, my intentions. This is what I'm going after today. Great and they all lined up with my vision, moving me forward. Uh, then at the end of the day, I write down my vision again. Why? Because I'm keeping in front of me. I, I want to I see that before I go to bed. Then I write down my wins for the day. So right now, this is a win on the interview with Cody. Great, I ate good, great, I did my meditation, great. So I write down all my wins, because I want you guys to realize that life doesn't stand still, you're winning every single day. And if my character is based off what I do on a continual basis, Winning's not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing. So I am a winner just because I'm winning. I'm I'm acknowledging that I have a section for unknowns. Remember those unknowns I talked about? When you really start getting sensitive to all the unknowns that are happening in front of you, wow, you know, this happened. That was different. This was different. Then you realize that life is literally evolving in front of you every single day. So I do those unknowns. And then I have a section where I put superheroes, people I would love to meet. I put masterminds, people I would to mastermind with. And then I write down, like, if I looked at my bank account today and, and I write down, I had checked my bank account today on this day and I saw and I write out $100 million. I write that thing out with the dot zero zero. And I go, what would I do for myself? And I write down all the things I would want do for me. And I would go, what would I do for my vision? And so when it came to my I'm Here project, like I'm hiring the best Facebook guy, I'm hiring the best ads person, I'm hiring the best of the best. Like you really start to say, like when you take that money thing out of the equation, it really allows you to make your vision stronger and bigger. And I do that, so I have it right here. I do that every morning, and what a way to start the day. So if you if you hear what I'm saying, like I really try to stay childlike as much as possible because that's where your creativity, imagination um
0: and hero nature comes from dude so similar to to what i do and uh one thing i want to touch on is you have a lot of detail in there and it's not a quick rush through it process you're not waking up and just doing things just to check boxes you are doing things with intent because they have meaning to you and i hear a lot of people say and i'm sure you've heard this excuse too i don't have time to meditate but i would say that if you made time to meditate you would have more time to be productive throughout the day so what's your take on that and what's the advice you give to people who think they actually don't have time to do all this shit
1: I love it man um and I'll, I'll give everybody a I I made a master class on me for you guys you get know, it's called time expansion I had to like when I saw 2800 people a week and I'm adjusting those people it's it seems impossible and you're right but I, I but I, I had to expand time I, I think in seconds you know when you start to think in seconds so I have a course called time expansion we'll get to that later I'll give it to you guys um remember there was a song called chop suey by a system of a down yep. and that's this is called my chop suey bit <laughs> i work next to a starbucks my office next to a starbucks and i see a long line that goes into a street every freaking morning and in that line i guarantee those people say they don't have time and they don't have freaking money right these are the, sitting in this long line and you and i know that they woke up early, like it's seven in the morning, like shit, sleep in. They woke up about a half hour, 40 minutes early to get out of bed. They got a lot more money to sit in line to get their Starbucks and whatever else they're going to get, knowing that we could actually buy the same exact coffee put it into my coffee machine at home that turns on by itself and it's ready for me. So just think of the convenience, the efficiency. So I'm sitting there going, what is the psychology behind people that say they don't have time or money for their health, for their relationship, for their business, for their uh, finances. And I was getting really complex, Cody, and what it was, and I realized there's only one reason it's because we want to, that's it. No justification. So understand your body is exactly, you look the way you do. There's only one reason because you want to. And I'm saying this with the utmost love and respect for you. And if you could get to the moment, be like, yeah, he's right. I, I just didn't want to exercise, but be okay with it. Like, no, don't judge yourself. Don't shame yourself. If you could become self-aware and realize that you don't blame anybody. Like I'm in the, I'm spending this money on Starbucks. Cause I want to, um, I don't, you know, I don't have the greatest relationship. Because I really didn't want to. Because I really like my work. You know, it's easy to buy a rose to give to my wife, but I really didn't want to. I didn't really want to spend all that time with my kids. I think I spent enough. so it's it's the ultimate form of self-awareness because too many people, they're so hung up in the success 101 answers. Oh, God's number one, family's number two. But if I look at your checkbook and I look at where you spend your time, I could tell you your priorities. So stop lying to me Stop lying to yourself. I'm not judging you. But if we could be self-aware and say, I don't meditate because I don't want to. I want to freaking sleep. Cool, dude. Awesome. But when I gave myself 30 days, I always give myself 30 days. And when I saw after 30 days, not for a habit, but I saw – because 30 days I could really assess, wow, I am more aligned. I am less – I have less worry, and anxiety, like I saw the benefit for me, then I'm never going back. Then I didn't miss. You follow what I'm saying? So I give myself a fair 30 days. Like if it's exercise, give yourself 30 days. If it's eating right, give yourself a real 30 days and then assess what you want to do. But always remember, when you look at your body, when you look at your bank account, everybody wants a million dollars. Everybody wants to hustle because it sounds good, I know. But if you could be honest with yourself and be like, you know what, I really, I don't want to. Because, I mean, things are good, right? And be okay with that. So I'm all into that. Like, I'm not going to come here and yell at you. Like, I really, if, if I'm the only person that in your life that tells you, dude, I love and appreciate you for becoming self-aware. And if you come to the point point, say, I'm not there because I just don't want to, then that's the first step of, of really creating everything in your life. So my long story short is my chop suey uh, that from System Down is the song was you wanted to. That's it. You didn't make time. Cause you don't want to, your, your, your marriage sucks. Cause you wanted it. You didn't want it to be great. you you know, your kids don't see you cause you don't want to. And, uh, you know, that's why like, you know, like in the exercise realm, I mean, just think people, they weigh their food, they carry their food, they bring their meals, they make it to the gym. I mean, I wake up four in the morning to do cardio. You know why? Cause I want to. I, I, and that's as deep as your answer needs to go. When someone asks you, be like, I want to, that's it. No justification.
0: I love it, man. Everything is a choice. That, that's really what it comes down to. Simple, yeah. Success and failure. So, but we are, um, I mean, shit, we're cranking through this, man. I love yeah. everything you're giving me, but I want to get into the hero movement. Yep. What is the hero movement? Why did you start this? Um, and what is your kind of grand master plan with this? Yeah. Uh, so, fast forward, you know, I check off all the boxes. I'm, th- I'm
1: pro- probably 36 years old, checked off everything, financial freedom, all the time to do whatever I want. Um, everything's there. I won, Right. Then I realized checking off the boxes, uh, that's not the goal in life because you're always going to have a new system, uh, a new realm of desires to expand. So I started feeling depressed, numb, disengaged, uh, my purpose. I do not know. I was having these feelings that I couldn't tell anybody because who's going to say like I had any reason to complain. I was, I wasn't ungrateful. And I realized that this feelings I was having, you know, my son started to notice that I was off. He's like, what happened to daddy? Like he could tell. And I realized when I questioned my purpose, I was like, well, i want to help people success. One-on-one answer. I want to see that, you know, I started doing that. Then when I really got deep to a selfish reason, I'm like, I just want to be admired for achieving great things and contributing to the world that it's never seen before. That's why. It's the only thing that made my heart feel like, like a breath. And then I looked at, I looked at those words cause these words are coming out of me. What's the depth what does this mean? And I saw the definition of hero. So the definition of hero is one who is admired or idolized courage, contribution, outrageous achievement, and nobility. I was like, oh, my God. I go, that was like, that woke me up. I'm like, that's like my new purpose statement. And I was was awoken to the fact that was the theme. That was our theme our entire lives. I personally wore the superhero costumes all the time, and I worked out to look like a hero. I beat a life-threatening disease, and won Mr. America, Mr. Universe to have a superhero title. I was a doctor, so I could go save lives. So looking back, it was the signpost that, you know, I had the achievements in my life, and I had the the, the contribution, but in that moment, I realized I didn't, I didn't have the courage to allow myself to be who I really was created to be. And uh, when I realized that, you know, you're living half your life or half your potential, all those feelings, if you guys are having those feelings I just told you, I wasn't depressed or numb. I was just, I was grieving my potential the entire time. And so I chose I made a huge shift, I said practice was wonderful, but it's time to evolve, right? So I started the I Am Hero Project. I still have my practice, but the I Am Hero Project where my purpose is now to help resurrect heroes from the complacency of their secret identity, which is to live in a life due to other people's values. So everybody listening, you, so you can live heroic lives once again, and how do you do it? By expressing and experiencing true love now, not someday, when you check out No, Now in every area of your life. Because I believe all of you were born with seeds of greatness and capable of doing heroic things. And I have a four-step methodology called the Hero Rising. Number one, it's embracing the hero mindset. Two, maximizing your superpowers. Three, choosing your vehicle to get your message out. And four, which no personal development tells you, is I found now what I love to do. Now how do I make money doing it? So we team up with other superheroes to be able to get your message out and uh, be able to be be able to monetize and do what you love versus just doing something that you think you have to do
0: so is this um a couple questions on that is this a coaching program or a mastermind and if so when you see these guys coming in um what is the biggest the most common roadblock or struggle or hurdle that you see these guys facing you know i i see a lot of people who obviously i'm in the body realm right but um i worked with a lot of entrepreneurs being in coaching programs myself. And I noticed that every single guy seemed to struggle with his body first. And once they tapped into health, fitness, training, their mindset started to change, once their mindset started to change, their relationships kind of evolved, then their business grew. And it's kind of this cycle. So I'd love to hear kind of your approach and what you see with the people that you work with.
1: No, it's a total holistic approach, like their body's out of whack, because You know, they they thought they thought they had the time. You know, they thought they they don't have time. Like that's the thing. They they were living accumulated disaster. So they're not. Oh, someday I'll get around to it. No, and I realized their their body's out of whack because their head's out of whack. You know, even working with patients in chiropractic, I work with people in health. But it's like I saw people get well and get better, and they went back to the same shit equation that got them there. I'm like, why would you go back? They're the same lifestyle, the same way that got you here. And I realized, so I might have helped them physically, but it was here that didn't change. They were still living the old operating system. So, yes, you work on that operating system. Then, of, co- of course, you see taking care of my body allows me to think clearer, focus better. Just the one statement we talked about, that my brain fires better with motion of the body. Just you add that all together, and that compounds over time. But a lot of times I see and I work with entrepreneurs that have that feeling. I'm making money. I checked off the boxes. I have every reason to be grateful, but how come I feel depressed, numb, disengaged? And the thing is, you've been living out other people's values. You've been living out a secret identity. You were told you, you did what you felt other people wanted you to do. So you're like, I did it. I did it. I, I did what you said, but no one ever told you this. What do you want to do with your life? Or even have, how about this? They don't even know who they are. I mean around 35, 40, you look in the mirror and you live that everybody else's values over your life. You don't even know who you are. And then what's tough is now you actually have to be reintroduced and actually cultivate a relationship with you. What do you like? And you know what they say, good? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Like they literally like we 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 become counterfeit versions of society and we never that's why you feel the emptiness inside. That's your hero dying on the inside. That's you you're grieving the potential of what you always wanted to be. And it's 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 self-awareness to say you know what and i need i need to bring them through that so what i do is i have a digital course called i am hero that's coming out really soon which will be awesome i'll send you the demo of that but it starts off with that we have the hero rising program which is more of a $2000 course and then it goes into more of a smaller group intensive and then it goes into maybe what we call the hero vault which is more your higher up level CEOs, and entrepreneurs, and then you have the private one-on-one coaching. But my, my model will definitely be more on, an, on a scalable digital platform, uh, whether it be, you know, a lower level, just a contingency program where, where kids could get in, you know, for 20, 30 bucks a month to have some type of mentorship as they're going through this life. Because a lot of kids, they're fighting their parents and they're like, but I don't, I don't feel that. So, I'm saying, you know, like, so help, we could guide them. And then, and then just depending, I help meet people where they're at and take them through. But a lot of times, entrepreneurs, Cody, you'll see that if they don't pay big, they're not going to play big. Because what happens is when they pay now, you become priority. You know, you become now urgent, and now they're going to follow through. They're just looking for guidance. But the worst is meeting an entrepreneur who sold their company for 60 million bucks, and they're like, I'm depressed. And I'm driving my wife crazy because they lost their identity. See, my identity is what I did as a doctor. Dr. Zaino is my identity. So for me to journey and evolve beyond that, it meant me losing my identity. So I just stayed scared and I I, I, I smiled and I stayed in this comfort and torment of the secret identity, not knowing that there was so much more in life I want to do, but I was scared because my identity, if I moved out of that, because I know what it's like to lose my identity once before. So we're afraid of losing what we built, and we feel like, oh, what happens if I lose my identity? But realize you you could be missing out on the true life you're always created to have.
0: Man, I love that, and I love the way you're expanding and how big you're going with this. I think this is honestly what more and more people need, and I it, I don't think people realize how many entrepreneurs, specifically males, go through this pattern. I know I have, and I know my father did, and that's probably why I did, and I think almost every guy's dad did, right? And there's a lot more programs coming out. So man, kudos to you for doing this because I think it's, it's, I mean, how many, is it all guys in your program?
1: No, no, no. Um, I'm about, I'm about 35, 65. You'd be amazed because I'm still, there's, there's that section of women who the kids are teenagers now and they, and they go to school. And after about two or three kids, this mom, she realizes, okay, dear, it's that time. You need to find someone and have kids and a woman feels pressure to do so because they believe this bullshit lie that after 30, you're high risk pregnancy. Now they're starting to Now they started, but what I'm seeing is women even more, how they get positioned to like operate a certain way society. Then that female's identity becomes, well, I'm going to put myself last and I'm going to raise the whole family. 18, 20 years goes by kids go out of the kids are out of the house And they're like this. That's where most divorces happen, by the way. So here's a mom that says, but, 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 and and she gets mad at the kids because, but I gave you everything. I poured everything in you. I lived my life for you. I sacrificed, I I gave birth to you. I, I cooked for you. I put myself last for you. I didn't get my hair done anymore. I didn't get my, I didn't feel sexy anymore for you. And they realize that they put themselves last. And they go through the shame and guilt of, can I ever get that back? Or am, am, I, am I too selfish to think I could do that? Where it is something that is empowering women just the same way. It's like, because what was that? That was a dogma. That was a dogma saying, listen, you're the woman of the house. You need to do all this and put yourself last. And anything other than that, you're called selfish. You're, you're not a good mother. And that's, women have it even deeper. So, I mean, of course, my message, you know, I'm a guy, you know, we're guys and we get it. But, I mean, I see about, th- we have about 35% of women that really are like, Wow, that was refreshing because I felt guilty thinking that I could take a little bit of care of myself. I felt guilty trying to maybe feel sexy, right? You know, like just, I mean, it's ridiculous with society. So what's, what has created the secret identity? Teachers, preachers, dogmas, society. They have imposed their injected values upon us to actually, uh, they actually promote, they reward, educate, and they even medicate mediocrity. And through, we're told what to think and what to do, and we were never given a chance on how to think and how to become who we were created to be. And what we do is we put on this false suit, this secret identity to conform and fit in, and uh, make sure you line up. And for people like you and I, we won. We checked off the boxes because that meant success. But I'll tell you right now, when you check off the boxes that society says, oh, you do this, you'll be a winner and you'll win. It's a lie. It's the Truman Show all over again. You're going you're gonna to bump up to the side of a dome going, what the hell was this? I did everything you told me to do. The whole thing is what you're responsible for doing is, is embracing and allowing who you really are to be aligned and come out. That's, the most, that's your greatest gift to the world. It's not living up somebody else's dreams or values for your
0: life. And I think to go off of that, just, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, there's always another box to check, right? So it's almost like when you're this fucking close to checking off that box, there appears another one. So by the time you actually accomplish your goal, you're already thinking about the next thing anyway. So it's this kind of ladder that just never stops. Um, How do you balance it all, man? How do you, um, and when I say all, I mean your personal health well-being, mental, physical, um, your family, and your your business. Because I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, and I can talk firsthand on this, it's hard to balance it all. It's hard when you start seeing success in one area because you're going all in on that area, then the others kind of take a hit and it's hard to keep everything on the same level
1: um great point um like you said you know when you go when you when you're about to check off the box you see a different perception i live in the mountains here in in park city utah so when you're climbing up the mountain you get it you think that's the peak but when you get to the top you're like oh my god there's six other bigger ones so sometimes even before your goal sometimes I, i call them decoy goals you think you want a goal it's a decoy to get you moving to realize oh shit, this was really something that was more meant for me and that's why i write my vision every day you know why because I give myself grace and ability to change my vision. Because if I just wrote my vision in January, by, February, by, by March, I should have enough life experiences to realize that's not the same anymore. So allow yourself to course correct. Uh, and as far as the balance thing, uh, a big thing I teach is it's such a myth and a lie when it comes to the balance thing. Um, that whole thing on balance, and that's old school personal development. It's teaching, it's really saying that there's a limitation to what the mind and the spiritual capability of what a human being can do. So what happens, balance, according to who? Um, it's to, There's comparison in there. It's like if there's guilt, there's shame. Like you say, listen, I'm going hard at work, and, oh, man, you know, I don't feel like I'm giving the same effort into my family. Because you wanted to go hard and work, and if you felt good about it. So the thing is, you could have it all. Like I could be like, oh, here's the thing. I used to think being the doctor – made me successful, right? So I went to work, chiropractic, made no, no, I'm a successful person. I bring the hero to the place. So, so I used to think that my profession made me successful or, or I'm a dad here and I'm a doctor here. Then I realized, wait a second, when I'm working with patients, I'm a doctor, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a hero. Like, so you bring the hero to every situation. So instead of worrying about balance, I just bring my, I bring the best of me to all situations. So Balance is bullshit. It's just like, hey, listen, yeah, if I have to put a little bit more effort and work, sure. But guess what's going to happen? There's going to come a time where there's more effort and, and fun time with the family. It's all going to be fine. But if we're striving for balance, we're going to get that guilt, that shame, that I'm not good enough. It's going to wear you out. And you, you know what? You set you some boundaries for the family. Like when I started competing again, uh, I had to talk to my wife. I said, I'll do everything before, before, I even, before you even wake up she's like, okay. So she still had me. So, so it's the whole family. We all do it together and we all have an understanding. We have boundaries. My wife tells me the couple things she needs. I do the same with her. I don't cross those, but man, that whole balance thing, get rid of the guilt, get rid of the shame. Don't try. There's no such thing. Just you could like go into life saying I could have, I could be great in everything. And you can, you could have it all because the, the thing doesn't make you great. You're not codependent. You bring your hero to the, so you're bringing Cody, the hero to the marriage, to the, I'm a father, to my business. Like the hero is showing up at all times, how those areas are doing doesn't dictate if you're a hero or not. That's what I'm trying to say. Like a lot of times we might not have a good week at work. That doesn't lower my value. So a lot of times we're codependent on our finances how we are as parents relationships our health we, we, we let that be the scoreboard score scoreboard, scoreboard of our health or, or, or our value no 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 we bring we're always a hundred percent value we just bring that we show up hundred percent here at all times so I, I don't believe in balance at all
0: I love that, dude. I've actually never heard anybody break it down that way, but I really, really appreciate that way. So um, we are running out of time, man. So I do have one last personality question that I always like to throw out my guests. I'm actually really excited to see who you will say. So here's the situation. You're at dinner, you have an open table and you have three empty seats in front of you. You can put anybody in those seats to eat dinner with you, but they cannot be friends or family and they can be alive or dead. Who's sitting at this dinner table with you?
1: Um, they can be friends and family. They cannot. They cannot, yeah. Alive or dead. So I would, I would be, I usually answer myself on those things. So, oh, cool. Um, I would, uh, alive or dead. You know, I would probably have. Dude, I'm, I'm defaulting that to, I would go, I got to do it. I would do my past self. And I would do my future self. I just let me tell you why. Because there's, there's like, I'm so sold on the whole hero concept for myself. It's like, because my younger self, I would, I, I remember the fear and the pain and the uncertainty. I remember how scared I was. And I would just like to tell my younger self, hey man, I just want to acknowledge you and appreciate you for everything you're about to go through, that you stayed faithful. And it's always it's going to turn out better than you ever thought. Just to, And then I would want my future self on the table because all the shit and insecurities I'm going through now, I would need my 80 year old self going, dude, you're about to go through some, sh- some crazy stuff. But let me tell you, it's so, it's gonna be so much better than you ever thought possible. Uh, and just go keep the faith, keep moving and understand just embrace it and it will always turn out better than you thought. So I just got to go like, cause the whole thing is I'm, I'm so searching for my ultimate truth. So Jim, I was going to say Jim Rohn, but it's like, he lived his truth. You know, Uh, I could put Nick, I could put Tesla. That'd be a cool guy. Right. But man, he was living his truth. So it's like, I just no one. I don't know anybody in history that would say maybe Christ would be like, you need to find your truth and listen to that. But you know,
0: I'm just trying to find me. I think that's a great answer, man. We'll take it. Where can everybody find all of your stuff? You got a lot of great information, a lot of great content out there.
1: So real cool. So uh, I want everybody to go to iamhero.com. So if you go to uh we have a really cool uh, masterclass uh, little gift for you guys called the hero secret sauce. And it's really good. It's a lot of good uh, awesome success principles and concepts that are kind of innovative. Like you saw a little things were kind of innovated because it's just, more evolved than the old personal development stuff. Kind of counterintuitive, that stuff. And so you get PDF and video. So it's really good stuff. It's a course from me to you, my gift to you. Plus, you have other courses on there, such as I Am Value, um, Time Expansion. That's a real good one we talked about. If you don't have the time, I show you how to think in seconds. Uh, we have One Month to Win. Remember, I said I write down my wins every day, right? Because I want to be winning every day, and then diet hacks. People say, well, how do I, you know, how do you keep your routine? Or I have little easy diet hacks, winning Mr. America, Mr. Universe. A little stuff to make consistency the key. Uh, So definitely go to Iamhere.com. Also, but if you want to keep the conversation going, just go to Instagram or Facebook, all right, under Dr. Zeno, I put out content every single day, and my highest value is I personally answer every comment and every DM or message because that to me is social media. Like, you know, like that means the world to me. So let's keep this conversation going, and together – We'll all resurrect the best version of ourselves in each other. So uh, please, uh,
0: let's keep it going. All right, guys, that is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show today. A couple quick announcements before I let you go. First and foremost, I just want to encourage you to check out the products I have in the description. First one is the nutrition hierarchy. This is a very cheap guide to literally mastering your diet. That's why it's called The All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you exactly what and how to manage your calories, your macros, your meal timing, your supplements, your micronutrients. Literally everything you need to know about dieting and nutrition and how to change your body composition through nutrition is included in this book. Not just to get your results, but to actually teach you how to get those results along the way. The next thing is going to be functional muscle, which is my first and right now my biggest product out there. This is the program that is based on years and years and years of functional training with tons of clients. So whether your goal is strength, fat loss, or muscle gain, you should be strength training towards these goals while prioritizing functional movement patterns to make sure that you are avoiding any injuries along the way. That's exactly what this program does, and it's great because it guides you through the process, it changes throughout the process, and it gives you demonstrations and explanations about everything you're doing so you never get confused and you always have a solution. You also get access into the Boom Boom Performance Podcast Forum, and that is the only way into the forum. And that's where you can ask me literally anything about anything, and I will help guide you through the process. Last thing I want to mention, guys, is if you could leave me a five-star rating and review, that would be fantastic because it literally is one of the biggest and best ways for me to grow in the iTunes chart. Oh, yeah. And real quick, if you're not subscribed, hit the damn subscribe button because I constantly bust out content for you guys. And I spent a lot of time and effort making sure that you guys can get better results for free by simply listening to this podcast. All right, guys, I'll catch you next time.